Welcome to the Elgin Watchmen Podcast, coming to you from Elgin, Illinois, the historic home of the now-defunct Elgin Watch Company. The Elgin Watchmen Podcast is a monthly show focused on environmental sustainability issues in our city and throughout the Fox Valley. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Anderson and Tia Agassiz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elgin Watchmen Podcast, where we believe in truth, justice, the American way, and most importantly, we believe in apple pie. 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 My name is Eric Anderson. Over the last few episodes, my podcast partner has been calling me Jane. She's been calling me Blanche. But honestly, I will answer to almost anything, especially if it includes pie. And of course, as I've not said yet, my podcast partner, her name is Tia Augustin. Hello. And if you're wondering... Hey, why is the first podcast episode of August dropping so early? And why is it dropping before this month's Elgin Sustainability Commission meeting? Why is it dropping before that meeting's been gaveled into session by Tom Armstrong? And I would say, dear listener, those are all very good questions. So, do you want to share the good news with our loyal listening audience, Tia? First of all, I think Tom should have a gavel. But (laughs) second of all, hell yeah, I thought you'd never (laughs) shut up. I'm thrilled to report that this is a special edition of the Elgin Watchman podcast. In fact, it is one of three special editions that we will be posting prior to the upcoming Elgin Sustainability Commission meeting scheduled for the Edward Schock Center of Elgin Ballroom at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, August 9th, where the commission uh, commissioner, Jeff Biss, said at last month's meeting that he wants to see a vote from the commission on recommending to the city council that they vote on the on the draft single-use plastic bag fee ordinance that his work group has been working on for the last four years. Work, 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 work. So would you like to fill in our loyal listeners about why this is a special edition breaking news podcast dropped by us? Shut up, Eric. I was getting to that. God, I remain so impatient. If you start mansplaining that hypothetical question to me, I swear you will regret it. Good. I'm glad we understand each other. As I was about to tell our listening audience, the Elgin Watchman podcast has been engaged in an experiment in democracy over the last few weeks. We wanted to help Elgin residents see how the sausage gets made at City Hall when it comes to creating new ordinances. So we launched a straw poll using SurveyMonkey, and we sent it out to every Elgin City Council member. We allowed them to take it anonymously, and we even asked them if they supported the single-use plastic bag fee draft ordinance, Um, or whether they plan on supporting it, uh, what their reasons are for supporting it or not supporting it, and if there was anything that they still need to hear that might change their minds. And just an FYI, to any city council (laughs) members who might be listening, the survey is still open. We haven't heard from 100% of you yet, and it's not too late to show your support for democracy and community education and involvement. But I digress. The reason this podcast is a special edition and breaking news is because one city council member reached out to us directly and came on the Elgin Watchman podcast to explain why she is still a maybe and doesn't yet know how she plans on voting if and when the Sustainability Commission ever manages to take a vote to recommend or not the council take up the issue. So there you have it. May I speak now to you? Maybe. Can you behave yourself? (laughs) Tia, when have you ever known me to be able to do that? Right, then. No, you may not speak. (laughs) 
And I will simply say this before we share our pre-recorded interview with uh, Elgin City Council person Tish Powell. First, we are super grateful to Tish for believing that democracy is important enough to come on podcasts like ours and explain transparently to voters where her head is at. She has my everlasting respect and admiration for doing that, and I'm being sincere. Second, neither Eric nor I felt like it was appropriate to edit even one second of this interview because we want to make sure voters hear their elected representatives, unvarnished voices, and what's going through their minds as they thoughtfully weigh issues related to making new laws. So, without saying another word, Eric, please roll that footage of us speaking with Councilperson Tish Powell. All right, I'm here today at 10 p.m. in the evening. Tonight. Tonight, with my Wicked Smart podcast partner, Tia Agassin, and one of our more studious, smart city council members, Tish Powell. Thanks for joining us tonight, Tish. I know um, it's kind of late, and you are going above and beyond the call of duty when it comes to talking about the single-use plastic bag fee ordinance that's being bounced around at the Sustainability Commission level. Thanks again. Well, thanks for having me. I'm a I'm a night owl, so um, this is this works out well for me. Fantastic, especially on a a, a great sustainability topic. Yes, oh. totally. Yes, I the commission's going to love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're grateful to the commission because they're managing their time better. Because sometimes commission meetings do almost, go until ten o'clock. That's exactly right. That's right passion. Off. It is passion, passion. it's commitment, it's dedication to the grand city of Elgin and trying to make this a more sustainable place to live. We take our hat off and salute them all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Tish, you're you're actually one of the smartest city council members, in my opinion, in the area of waste management and most things, actually. Robert's Rules of Order, taxation, um, how to make living in the city affordable, um, how to make this a more equitable um, you know, and inclusive city. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, whenever I want to know where the smart city council members are on positions, I usually try to tune into what Tish is saying. But Oh, you're just saying I'm that because I'm up. here with you at 10 o'clock at night. That is true. That is true. <laughs> My heart is very big for you right now. But seriously, I mean... You are one of the smartest council members when it comes to like waste hauling and waste management. I was hoping that maybe you could just tell the Elgin Watchman listeners about your background and experience in this area. Sure. My background and experience includes, boy, uh, close to 30 years of experience in municipal solid waste management. Oh, yeah. I started uh, working for municipalities back in Michigan. I worked for the city of Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, straight out of college yeah. uh, during the time that curbside recycling programs were just really kind of getting a foothold um, in communities. And I was assigned that program to, to manage. And it grew into a whole host of things, you know, recycling, waste management, household hazardous waste management, um, ended up coming to Illinois in 1999 and actually managed the city of Elgin's program for mm-hmm. probably seven or eight years and uh, built that program up and actually was there and um, the architect of the program that we have now where we have the carts. So every time I see the carts when I'm going, you know, up and down the street or taking my own cart out, it's like, yeah, you know, that that's my stamp. Yeah, I did that. That's your baby. That's my baby. 
Um, so yeah, this is something that's near and dear to me. Um, I'm still in the field, um, in my day job. Right. So I get exposed to it a lot. And by day so job, I, just I, so people understand, um, you don't mean your day job as a city council member because that's not really a job. That's a volunteer gig that you do uh, because you get elected every four years. You actually have a job in waste in, in the waste management field that pays you a 40-hour-a-week job. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. That is correct. So super expert on this topic. If I'm not mistaken – Please correct me if I'm mistaken. I know that you will, um, at least Tia will. Um, <laughs> but you also have your master's degree in what, public administration? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I am a proud Husky. Um, I got my master's in public administration from Northern Illinois University. Um, great program. Really good experience. Um, I'm a, a glutton for punishment when it comes <laughs> to uh, continuing education and uh, just Spreading myself thin. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, everywhere I look, there's Tish. Um, so, before a good cause, for all good for good causes. Um, you're very active in your community, and we are lucky to have you. Um, and just well, so people, you. you're welcome. Uh, and just so people who might be listening um, understand, a master's degree in public administration qualifies you to do a lot of municipal management stuff, like being a city manager, for example. It does. And the way I describe it to a lot of people is that it's it's the public sector version of an MBA. Okay. So, yes, a lot of um that makes sense, a lot of actually. the city managers in uh, throughout the state of Illinois um have MPA degrees. Uh, matter of fact, most of them, uh quite a few of them went to uh NIU. Uh NIU has one of the top MPA programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Probably it's usually number 2, number 3 program in the country every year. So we are commonly referred to as the NIU mafia. Um uh-huh. the, the NIU MPA mafia. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and if we can go back but, in our wayback machine, I remember being the executive director at the Boys and Girls Club of Elgin. I was a member of the Elgin JCs and we had a stretch of Summit Street that we were responsible for picking up and cleaning on a regular basis. And I adopt the highway. Adopt the highway. And I remember calling calling the waste, you know, people over at the city and Tish was always answering the phone, trying to give me comfort that yes, yes, you might have missed you might have missed picking up trash this quarter, but if you do it in the next few weeks as a JC's club, I'll forgive you. And so yeah. I have very Eric, fond behind memories. on his deadlines? What? I'm always behind on my deadlines. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Well, so this convergence of waste knowledge and public policy seems well suited for this conversation around a municipal bag fee as we're talking. So as you know, the commission has been working on developing a single-use plastic bag fee ordinance for city council to consider, of which you are also uh, a part of. So in a nutshell... Uh, Retailers would charge $0.10 per single-use plastic bag to consumers, and then the city and the retailers would split that revenue 50-50 for the purpose of underwriting administrative costs and sort of easing the impact that an ordinance might have on its residents. So we understand that you have some concerns about the implementation of a single-use plastic bag fee. So could you or would you be willing to share some of those concerns kind of top line and explain them to our listening audience? Sure. Definitely have been looking at these programs in other communities and other states over the past few years. Um, obviously, as, as you all know, there are some communities that have 
outright uh, bands of, mm-hmm. of, of plastic uh, uh, single-use bags versus some that have feeds. So I think it's important, uh, whichever way we go, which obviously it looks like we're looking at a fee system, that we do a good job of educating folks and educating the community on specifically what type of program we're looking at. Because I could easily see people saying, oh, look, the city is trying to ban plastic bags. And then it just grows a leg, legs of its own and, and runs off in the wrong direction. Um, my concerns, um, well, first of all, let me back up. Obviously, I'm a huge advocate for the environment and sustainability. I really appreciate the work that the Sustainability Commission um, is doing and, and continues to do. Um, year after year. I think it's very important and uh, definitely aware and and, and a believer in climate change. I I say that proudly because not everyone is. So I I realize that there are definitely things that we as individuals need to do to uh, move the needle in the right direction, but then also things that um, as a municipality, um, as government agencies, businesses, we all need to do our part to uh, reduce carbon emissions and reduce pollution and reduce negative effects on, on our environment. So with that said, I am definitely leaning towards uh, being an approve, you know, approving of, of, of what is being proposed. I just have some concerns. Of course. Um, my, my, First and foremost concern is timing. Um, I'll be honest, timing right now is, um, I think, not ideal. Of course, it's never ideal, but, you know, we're in a situation right now where we are at a 40-year high with inflation. Uh, the economy is, is um, really in flux. Uh, gas prices are high. Um dealing with the effects from COVID and I'm very concerned about how this fee this change will impact um, how how the disproportionate impact that this fee would have on our residents especially our our low income residents and our seniors so that's kind of first and foremost in my mind about timing Um, secondly um Definitely interested, and I'm, I'm quite sure the Sustainability Commission is still in the process of doing some of this stuff, but I, I would want to see uh, surveys from residents, um, you know, getting their feedback on whether or not they would be in favor of a program like this, and um, just, you know, how do we measure success? You know, how do we measure the diversion, you know, how much we're actually diverting uh, from landfills? So that's just kind of it in a nutshell. I know we're going to talk about a lot of it in more detail, but probably the biggest factor in my mind right now is just the timing. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Are there any other concerns about, like, um, the plastic bag fee ordinance? Um, Would you feel more comfortable if there was a ban, for example? Um. I don't think I would be more comfortable with a ban. Um, I definitely, at least from my understanding, what the commission is looking at is limiting 
um, the, the plastic bag fee would be limited to like the, uh, the very large stores, stores in excess of 5,000 or 10,000 square feet. I can't remember which one it was. So it wouldn't affect, so it wouldn't affect your small mom and pop stores, nor would it affect uh, restaurants using plastic bags for uh, takeout purposes and things of that sort. So I, I really, really think that that is important. So, you know, when I think about our big box stores, I think about the, the Jewel Oscos, the Myers, the Targets, um, who are quite frankly already doing this in other communities across the state. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be a big change for them. I'm more concerned with the change and kind of re-educating our residents um, because I I carry my reusable bags. They're right in the back of my car. And I get out of my car and go into the grocery store every time and forget to get them out of my car. So even as someone who prides themselves and, right, you know, right. as, as, as being sustainable and environmentally conscious, I still get out of my car sometimes and forget to grab those bags. Well, except for when I go to Aldi's. Don't have a choice yeah. there. Yeah. You don't have a choice there or you, or I, I refuse to buy the bags. I'll, I'll just grab some of their empty boxes that they yeah. have on hand. Oh yeah. Totally. So, yeah. yeah so it, it is a re education of, you know, your habits and your behavior. And that, that takes time. So would definitely be interested in looking at a, a you know, a trial period to see how it goes with, with people. If there's any way we can, help give away, you know, reusable bags to people, mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like? You know, I'm, I'm open to all of that to, as a transition before we, you know, go full blown into something um, new like this. All right. Mm. I, this feels like brainstorming. This does feel like brainstorming. And it sounds like you are providing the perfect segue into my very next uh, suggestion and question, maybe. And I don't know if you've listened to many episodes of the Eldrin Watchman pod- podcast, Tish, but we like to play fun little podcast games here. <laughs> and as you can imagine, when we play these games, Tia is usually the one who wins and Eric is usually the one who loses. Eric so, stinks. Eric stinks. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm just not good at time management. I I go on and on and on. And I prattle. And we see, there I go. I'm yeah, going again. Deadlines. Deadlines. It's, Boom. It's 10.25. It is 10.25 at night. <laughs> so I thought... We might be able to interest you in a fun little game of what we call What If, which is where the three of us brainstorm ideas to address some of the concerns that you just uh, rattled off in the last question that Tia asked you. And we would brainstorm together concerns regarding the effects of a single-use plastic bag fee ordinance if it ever got adopted by the city council. And if you agreed, here's how this game would work. Each of us jot down our ideas to improve the plastic bag fee ordinance as it stands now. Um, and I know that you've already gotten a head start and you've shared a few that we'll give you credit for. One is, hey, let's do a trial period or let's do a, a beta test or let's give away reusable bags. Um, that's ideas one, two, and three for Tish already off the bat, right? Um, but each of us will jot down our ideas. Then we're going to go around the table 
and each one of us will share one idea from our list and then pass the microphone to the next person. And we'll keep passing the microphone around um, until each of us is out of ideas. Um, if someone shares an idea that you already had on your list, though, we ask that you cross it off. So if on my, on my list, you know, like giving away uh, bags that are reusable is on my list, I'd cross it off because we don't we don't want to repeat each other. Um, and if you get to the bottom of your list and you're out of ideas, um, but T and I still have more ideas or vice versa, you just simply say pass. I'm I'm good. <laughs> right. And then we'll, <laughs> when when we're all out of ideas, we're going to go back through the entire list that we collectively built and we're going to discuss them one one at a time in terms of is that a crackpot idea? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you are drinking scotch and it's 10, almost 30 at night, right? Stop yourself. That's a dumb idea. Throw that one out. Um, what do you say, Tish? I'm gonna Sounds say, good. Awesome. So I guess to kind of quote, because I'm, I'm an old Gen Xer who's getting very gray, to quote that 1980s movie War Games, um, that's the movie that featured and starred uh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are funny. Oh, we're, get, we're getting punchy. It's, we need it's, sleep. We need some sleep is what we need. But um, um, thank you for agreeing to play um, What If and um, – if you need a little bit of time to jot down your you know, ideas, we'll just kind of pause the phone line and our listeners won't know that we've you know paused the phone line and we'll come back on. I know that I, because I knew I was going to ask the question, I jotted down some ideas and so did Tia. But uh, do you need a little time to get yourself ready, Tish? I think I've been jotting some things down just Ooh. as you were speaking. All right. I thought And I'm so glad that. I... And, and I'm so glad I already get credit for at least three things. Three things. I like one, that. one was let's do a trial period. Another one was let's give away uh, reusable um, shopping bags. And another one was let's do a beta test, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. Tia, do you want to go first with uh, your sure. first idea? Sure. I am just going to pull one off the stack here. Awesome. Uh, use the plastic bag fee revenue to pay for reusable bags and give uh, give those away. For free. So, similar to what we've talked about um, previously. That was one of Tish's. I've already I'm said sorry. that. Cross okay. that one Cross off. It off. Well, it was a little more nuanced. I'm sorry. You see, but... Tia can't follow instructions. It's 1030. It is. Your 1030. turn. It is my turn. I'm so glad you're perfect. <laughs> I'm just cranky. I didn't get to eat ice cream. I like just want did. to point out that this would be self-sustaining. So, instead of just giving them away out of what fund, that you would use the revenue to perpetuate it. So. Okay. 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 How about negotiate lower waste hauling fees with the Ooh. next waste hauler contract that's coming due in like the next two or three years and base that on the city's plastic bag fee ordinance passage? Could be crazy. Could be. Mm-hmm. But everybody has to pay for garbage, so that's one way to pay it back. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right, Tish, it's your turn. My idea is to delay implementation until the economy gets better. Do you have a crystal ball over there? Yeah, you're stealing some <laughs> of our ideas over here, Tish. <laughs> okay, so delayed implementation. Okay. So and I want to pin you down on this. Maybe we pass it now and, like, implement it later. I mean, I've seen laws like that, you know, where they pass, like, um, I think Congress just passed, like, higher vehicle emission standards and sure. they say that the auto industry has until 
2025 to get right. to get their act together. I mean, is is that what you mean, or do you mean let's table the issue and not vote on this until after things get better? I want to make sure I'm clear on what you're suggesting. I would say, I mean, it, it would be easy to say, hey, pass it now, and it's effective in July of next year. But we really don't know what July of next year is going to look like until we get to July of next year. I mean, we could all hope that, you know, the consumer price index is not 8%. Nine percent at that time, but I mean it's a it it, it's a swag at this point. So I would say wait to delay passage. Got it. I just want to make sure I'm capturing that correctly. But but we can use that. We can use the time leading up to that to do a whole lot of other things to prepare people. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I captured that right, Tia. Idea. Uh. Exempting certain retailers like food pantries, restaurants, clothing stores, businesses uh, with revenue under a certain amount. So I know we kind of talked about that a little bit, but being more specific about um, some of the lower echelons of impact so as not to be overly prohibitive. Okay. How about using the plastic bag, the single-use plastic bag fee revenue that comes in from this Mm -hmm. um, ordinance? To pay for public education. Okay. Things like flyers. Public education around for sustainability? Uh, or just around the plastic bag fee. So like yeah. flyers and here's why this affects you and why you should maybe be okay with, you know, either A, paying it or going uh, going the extra step to avoid paying it. I think I saw in Woodstock, um, they, um, they instituted a public education campaign around mm-hmm. – Things that you could do to not forget your reusable bags in your car. The Elgin Sustainability Commission had these window clings that oh, you that's could right. put on the mm-hmm. inside of your mm-hmm. window mm-hmm. so that when you were leaving, as Tish just said, uh, you would see it so that you didn't leave it in your trunk, um, which seems to be the case. That was a Molly Gillespie it idea. It was. It was a great idea, and I used it, and, and I had it And let's just use this moment to hang our heads and say we're very sorry that Molly has gone to Buffalo Grove, even though we wish her very, 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 um, you know, nothing but the best and lots of success. It's a huge promotion for her, but we're going to miss her. It was a good, it was a good idea. Absolutely. (sighs) Okay. Tish, next idea. Next idea. Man, I had on my list use fees to support sustainability initiatives in the city. I think that's different than what I just suggested. Uh Okay. So it's a little bit more broad, but it's similar. It's similar to what we've talked about. Okay. And so, I get credit for that one? Yeah. Yes, of course you do. Yay. I like this game. As you know, in public administration, the nuance matters. The nuance matters. Okay. So I've got a nuance for you, and I'm going to actually even broaden this a little outside of what we jotted down here, but exempting folks who are on, say, SNAP or WIC or maybe on any government uh, food assistance programs. So if you are paying with your SNAP card at the register, you don't have to be subjected to the fee. Um, It's waived, and that's sort of automatically built in. And we know that other municipalities have adopted this, so there's some sort of retail point-of-sale magic that can happen to where if this, then that, and the fee goes away so that maybe concerning some of these, you know, more marginalized communities, we mitigate some of the impact. Hmm. That's interesting. 
And also interesting, I wonder if we could also divert that towards seniors as well, to your point. Yes, that was also another um, group that I was um, particularly mm-hmm. concerned about. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know that when the riverboat came to town, um, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, I want to say we did away with the sticker program or something like that, and um, and that was to help senior citizens. Um, and so we used some of the boat revenue to help them not have to pay, like, car sticker program you know the oh, car yeah, sticker yeah. program or waste management has a senior uh discount oh, that, too right that's right they yeah. do yes yes wm don't mm-hmm. you mean yes wm, yes, WM. Okay. they've got a senior discount all right uh, now my my next idea is a little out there but um i no. yeah i know i know as, as i've googled around <laughs> i know and it's getting late and so out there isn't you know uh, it shouldn't be a surprise uh but as I've been Googling around trying to, because I do seek to understand the other side, right? People who are opponents, which you are not, Tish, right? I understand that you have some um, functional concerns that you want to work your way through, but you're not on the far right where we want to increase plastic bag usage, right? <laughs> no. Um, no. Um, we want to use plastic bags for the next insurrection. Um, nope. <laughs> nope. That's not Tish. Tish is certainly not one of them. Um, and God save those people because we need we need everybody in this democracy. Um, it's all about diversity. But I'm interested in where this is going. I don't know. It's 1030 <laughs> and my mind is it's wandering. But as I research the other side to try to understand, I seek to understand, um, I do get the impression that there are people out there who worry about equity and inclusion because that seems to be a lot of our public dialogue. And so I thought, here's my idea. What if we give all the revenue from the single-use plastic bag ordinance fee to the Human Relations Commission to fund programs and initiatives that they have um, because there is an intersection um, in this world between like equity and inclusion and environmental issues. And it's, you know, those things, those street intersections are in our environmental justice communities, of which Elgin has a lot of. And so maybe it's not just sustainability initiatives, but maybe it's also... You know, DEI initiatives. Ooh. Are you thinking like, so it, the funding goes back to the general fund and then we find a way to alleviate some other cost like within those communities somehow or create grants around something? I don't know. I think you're getting, boy, you got more sleep than me last night, I think. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, <laughs> give that money to that commission and let them. Yeah, let them figure it let out. Let them figure it out, right? Okay. I mean, All what right. what balances. Let them come up with some programs or yeah. initiatives mm-hmm. or. Yeah, they can, They're pretty, yeah, the commissions are super creative. I'm the liaison to the super creative cultural arts commission. That's and we right. actually give out um, artist grants and organizational grants. So it's possible. Oh my gosh, you know, you just triggered uh, another memory of mine, which is that in Woodstock, their version of the Sustainability Commission, when they implemented their um, reusable shopping bag program and they gave those bags away to Woodstock residents, they actually did a contest, an art contest, to put art on the side of these reusable bags. And oh, so yeah. I can see multiple commissions getting in on, on, on some of these solutions. Absolutely. That's cool. I think so. Love it. All right. I think Tish is up, right? Yes, Tish. Okay. Do you have any more ideas? Um, I want to launch an education campaign that encourages folks 
to reuse and recycle their current plastic bags that they're currently using and that they're accumulating. I think most of us are pretty good about, I love, you know, I reuse them to line my waste, my waste baskets in the house. And if I just get a whole glut of them for whatever reason, I take them back to Meyer and recycle them because most of the major retailers in our community do accept them back for recycling. But there are still folks, unfortunately, that put them um, in their recycling cart um, or bag things that they, you know, think are recycling, their wish cycling. <clears throat> and uh, right. those, those, those plastic bags are wreak havoc on the recycling equipment at the recycling facility. So really just kind of not so gentle reminders of what people should and should not be doing with those plastic bags that they have left. Um, that's one thing I think it's important to develop more education around yeah. and reminders. Okay, great. Gia. All right. Mine's a little out there too, but I, th- you know, maybe future state. Um, so what if we forget the fee and people can still get a bag at a retailer quote unquote for free, because as we know, retailers are building this cost into your groceries one way or another as it stands. But, um, what if we mandate that retailers only use compostable bags, whether it's paper or some other compostable plastic like material, but it's ultimately more biodegradable or environmentally friendly. Um, and they have to eat that cost. And then, uh, you know, the average citizen is none the wiser. And if they end up in a lake on the side of the road or if they end up in your gutter, it's not as much of an environmental impact. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that. But that's maybe one way to think about it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, another idea I had, and actually uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit when Tish said let's delay passage. Um, one of the ideas I had on my list was vote on it today and phase it in over the next few years. And so that's kind of the different, you know, the different side of that earlier coin. So just another idea to throw onto our crazy list of brainstorming ideas. Tish? Hmm. I have limited, limiting uh, the, <clears throat> the fee to large stores versus the small mom and pops, which I think is already covered. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, it is already covered. And I'm close to being, uh, oh, um, soliciting feedback from affected businesses on implementation yeah. and impact. That's going to be key because I know as a council, we're we're going to want to know what have the businesses said that would be impacted by this. I What's was, their feedback? Yeah, I was um, back when I was on the commission was equally as uh, interested in what, and this was in 2019, which was before many smaller municipalities had started going down this road. Um, but Woodstock had noted um, in one of their memos to council uh, that city staff had been in contact with the largest seven retail stores in the community, and that included Walmart, Walgreens, Jewel, 
uh, Menards, and even Kohl's, which was another, like, re- probably don't, you know, clothing retailer, that kind right, of thing. Right, right, um, And Farm and Fleet, and, and in addition to many of the smaller retail stores, and they said, overall, the city has found them to be supportive of this ordinance and its implementation. I thought that was that was way back in 2019. Are um, you quoting from an actual city of Woodstock? I am. Well? I went digging, yes. You went digging. I went and digging. Do you want to tell me who your sources are on that, or are you going to keep that private... I'm going to keep that. I think I'll keep that to myself. Look at her exercising First Amendment freedom of the press. Mm. Wow. Anyway, you can find it on the internet. So (laughs) So it's really not a secret. No, not really. Not really. We we wanted to you know paint ourselves in some investigative journalist uh, you know but um, we're not know, that we're cool not, we're not that cool I wish I was Woodward Bernstein Augustin Anderson <laughs> right. yeah right right I don't think our insurance company <laughs> would like that though I think I'm out of ideas so this is up to you Eric okay um, just a few more um, one idea I had just randomly was let's not restrict the revenue from the plastic bag fee to the Elgin Sustainability Commission let's just Turn it over to the general revenue of the city. I know that we've been counting votes, Tish. I know that shocks you, but um, one, one of the yes votes, and they, we've currently counted to five, um, but one of them is opposed to giving the fee revenue to the commission. And so I thought, well, here's another idea. Let's just give it to the city, and you guys can figure out how to mitigate any effects that the plastic bag ordinance might have on seniors and you know other other citizens who might be, you know, challenged or impacted by the ordinance. So um, I know that would please one of the current soft yes votes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, let's see. Another idea, and maybe we already mentioned this. I've been taking notes, um, but I, I was going to suggest we could just forget the fee and just ban the bags. Mm-hmm. Right? Ooh. That obviously wouldn't generate any cost for people because well they couldn't use bags now they would just have to like put their goods in their cart wheel it out to the trunk of their car and put it into boxes that they have in the car or retailers like aldi um, if they wanted to be customer friendly which i don't know why they wouldn't want to be customer friendly they could just provide boxes like aldi does right Mm -hmm. Um, and And i think that might actually impact your citizenry worse um when you think about if they transition to like a paper bag, which is typically more expensive for the retailer, and then they're going to build that cost mm-hmm. into something. So, all right. So, Tia, you're out of ideas. I'm out of ideas. I've scratched all sorts of things off my mm-hmm. idea page, and Tish, you're out of ideas too, right? I'm pretty much out of ideas. All right. Well, let's go to the top of our list and let's just chatter for a few minutes about a number of these different ideas in terms of are they crazy? Are they out of left field? Is there an issue with um, one of the ideas? I mean, let's just kind of work through these. Um, And let's go to the top of the list. And you gave three right off the bat and provided us a great transition, um, a great segue. You had the idea of um, providing a trial period. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously before you make a big change like this, that's going to impact, um, you know, a large number of residents or businesses. I think it's always important to do a trial period and that during that trial period, you're going to identify things that you didn't necessarily anticipate, good and bad, that you can tweak before you do the full-blown implementation. So I'm I'm a huge proponent of trial periods for any time that you're doing, you know, big changes that affect the public. 
Gotcha. And is this different from the third idea that I, I have on the list, which is like doing a beta test with a few different businesses? No, I think, well, yes and no. Okay. Um, I okay. think uh, doing a beta test with a, a few different businesses could be part of the trial, but I think the when I say no, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, how are we going out and talking to these businesses that would be affected about what it is, you know, we're trying to do, why and how it would affect them and getting their feedback on, Hey, is this, are we way out of left field? Is this going to be a logistical nightmare for you? What is the impact on your business? Would you support, you know, the city moving forward with something like this? So it's kind of twofold. So I could already hear some of my friends on the commission say something to the tune of, "Ugh, do we really need to do a trial or a beta test or both? We've already learned everything that we need to learn because there's, you know, municipalities that have gone before us like Woodstock and Evanston and Edwardsville, Illinois, and I'm missing one, Oak Park, Mm -hmm. and Chicago now has a fee. Mm -hmm. And surely they've learned all these lessons. Can't we just learn from them, build the ordinance and implement it? Um, you would say what to that? Because I'm sure there's a good reason. There's a good reason to do the trial, right? <laughs> well, I mean, the lessons learned from other communities are great, and I don't, I, I don't, you know, negate that at all because that that's really valuable. Um, especially when you're looking at similar communities, similar demographics, similar in size. So, you know, I kind of look at the communities that have been mentioned, um, although it sounds like Woodstock has a really cool program, they're a lot smaller than Elgin. Um, Evanston is probably more, probably closer demographically to um, to Elgin than some of the other ones that have been mentioned. Um, Oak Park has a more unique um, feel, but I... Yeah, I, I mean, I know, I think we could definitely take what lessons learned from those communities, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence on that one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, another idea we had on our, our, our collective list of ideas was creating these re- reusable shopping bags and then paying for them out of the plastic bag fee and giving them away to, to residents. And it seems like in my research almost all the communities that I've been looking at um, and trying to do some benchmarking, they do this. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really liked about um, this idea um, was that it allowed the municipality to educate people because it created a, a point of contact. Yeah, it's an engagement thing. It was an engagement thing. And I also liked um, like what Woodstock did um, with regards to the art that I mentioned earlier. They did a little art contest, and that was a neat, another neat engagement strategy. Um, to get people engaged and talking about, mm-hmm. oh, you know, what is this contest about? Oh, they're they're wanting to give away reusable bags. Well, why? Oh, there's going to be a fee that's coming into, you know, uh, effect in the next few months or years. And why is that? And the giveaway and um, I get- bag has a lot of um, interesting aspects to it. That's all. It does, and I, I, you know, putting my cultural arts commission hat on very yeah. proudly. I, I, I see us being a, 
a partner in that potentially if we got to that point. We would love to, you know, help solicit some art to go on a bag that would be distributed throughout the community and heck, maybe even sell some sponsorships that mm-hmm. could, you know, right. you know, to help offset the cost as well. So I think there's a lot of different options. There's a lot of different options. Yeah, okay. Um, another idea, and maybe this one was out of left field, um, but it was, can we negotiate a lower waste hauler fee um, when we have to renegotiate the waste hauler agreement in like two or three years and kind of, you know, base it on we're reducing, you know, some really serious waste that's going to the landfill, landfill. and specifically it's waste that um, is well-documented, especially by like waste management, that tangles up their equipment and causes a gazillion dollars worth of like damage and lost, you know, lost profits every single year. Um, is there any way to kind of fit that into, into negotiations with potential waste haulers as they vie for our contract in a few years? And then that would be savings that's passed along to consumers. So maybe it's a net positive in the long run. You might be paying a few cents at the cash register if you refuse to use reusable bags, but your your monthly waste hauler bill is a few dollars lighter every every month, and in uh, the end it's a wash. I like that too because you could sort of tailor it um, depending on if you're taking advantage of certain programs or if you are taking advantage of like the senior program through waste management, then it's not, you know, a flat benefit. Maybe it impacts certain folks more than others um opposite to how the plastic bags may be impacting them so you work for a hauler i think you work for a waste hauler right now tish tell us why we are delusional (laughs) 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 um i love the i love the idea and the energy around it but realistically i really don't think that that's going to affect your rate that much because the amount that you pay is primarily getting that $350,000 truck in front of your house Mm -hmm. three times, you know, the trash truck, the recycle truck, the yard waste truck driven by a union truck driver, you know, um, that is your, that's, that's a lot of your costs right there. Just getting the truck there in front of your house once a week, those actually those three trucks there once a week. Um, and then also the volume of material that comes out of the community. That is, you know, obviously the, the other portion, the other big portion of that now, because I mean, realistically, if the driver sees that you've got a bunch of plastic bags and stuff that really shouldn't be in your recycling bin, they don't have to take your card. They can tag it and leave it. That's true. My neighbor once got tagged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they should be tagging it and leaving it. Um, and I know that, um, you know, that angers people, but you know, it's also a, an education process. Sure. Um, you know, for, you know, there are some people that, you know, do it, um, and don't realize that it's a problem. And, and when they're told that it's a problem, they correct their behavior. Like, oh, man, I just I didn't know. I just assumed that I could do this. And they, they stop the problem. But there are other people that just kind of want to use their recycling cart as a second garbage cart. Right. And that's, you know, that's a whole different situation. 
So, you know, they don't have to take that contaminated card. And a lot of times it's my understanding that they don't. They, they tag it and leave it. Sure. So maybe so, a crazy idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being an out-of-the-box mm-hmm. kind of thinker and being labeled, you know, that left Just because you guy. can't get there today doesn't That's mean right. you can't find a way. That's right. All right. So next yeah. on our list is delay, delaying passage. Um, and I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around this. I mean, there's two big things that like, <laughs> that just are like glaring headlights at the other end of the tunnel. And I know it's a train that's going to just crush us. And, you know, one concern I have is that it's going to become an election issue and we're right on the cusp of a city council election. And I'm thinking about the rain tax, like eight, 10 years ago, right? Oh um, my. I mean, the other side knows we're talking about this. And if we punt and we say, oh, we're going to deal with this on the other side of the election, they're going to turn it into an election issue. And then we're going to get a bunch of John Priggies, right? That's one concern um, elected to the council. Another concern I have is that um, down in Springfield, the legislature is talking about passing a single use um a single-use plastic bag fee at the state level. And if if local municipalities don't act now and get grandfathered in, then we miss out on that opportunity once the state beats us to the punch. And so delaying, you got to talk me through this. I mean, I'm sure there's good points to delaying, but, I mean, help me, please. I need some counseling. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it's my understanding if the state institutes a, a plastic bag fee mm-hmm. um, with their legislation, then it basically preempts home rules of ability, a home rule community like Elgin mm-hmm. from implementing one after theirs has passed, uh, that the state has passed one, and we would not be able to derive any of the revenue off of the fees. So right. those fees would go to, I think a portion would go to the retailers, but then that other portion would go to the state. And I'm not sure where they have ear, you know, where they've ear, earmarked that money to go. Oh, I think I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big black box down in Springfield. It's uh-huh. a mystery. Well, last time I, when I, when I looked up um, that somewhat stalled uh, mm-hmm. uh, Senate bill, it, it looks like they're, you're marketing some kind of way to come back to municipalities or counties in some form or fashion, but I'm, I'm not exactly clear on what that looks like. So yeah, it was, it was, and this was a, you know, back in 2019 and it was a mystery. There was some kind of, um, some kind of, if I remember right, some sort of regional designation, but it wasn't very clear and there were a lot of question marks. And so that was one of the concerns was like, how does Elgin fit into that? And, does it become really murky and difficult to discern kind of what that portion could even be at the end of the day? But yeah, to your point, it's not super clear and we're speculating. So, Well, I was talking to what I would think is a pretty good source, um, and I will keep their name <laughs> on the down low. Um, and what they've heard from other reputable sources in Springfield, specifically legislators, is that they're not going to vote on it uh, and that it's not going to come out of committee before November, because hmm, what happens in November? Remind oh, me to you, uh, what happens? There's Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, wait, no, oh. midterms. Oh, that's right. Elections, right? We're going to be voting another on election. another election. <laughs> and However, I was told that as soon as the election is passed, um, it's going to be voted out of committee and it's going to be fast-tracked in either the veto session 
or in the next general uh, assembly. Now, that's all speculation, but, you know, um, they're hot to trot, and Springfield wants to find money. Interesting. Yeah, that that would be that would be a a downfall for us if we weren't able to at least have some of that revenue come back to our community to be able to use it in some yeah. useful way. It makes me but wonder. That's really, yeah. But that's really not the reason, and you know, because I'm sure some people will say, "Oh, you're just doing this. It, it's a money grab." It's really not about the money. At least in my mind. No, it's, absolutely not. Because if it's, you're successful, it's, it's you're the reducing right. the number of plastic bags, which means you're reducing the fee to nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, however, if that money comes back, um, I think I was reading it's it's literally a small sliver. Um, and it would probably come back to the general fund. And, you know, you, yeah. know, what, you know what happens to money that gets targeted to the general fund. It just gets eaten up. I think yeah. it goes to the city manager's bottom line salary, but I'm sure that I'm wrong on that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's getting late. Snarky, snarky. Shame on me. Um, Do we have an idea of um, how much money uh, some of the other communities have generated off of their yeah. Bag so that's a great question, and um, it's it's hard to do an apples to apples comparison. So we know that um, estimates that have been publicized in articles, news articles, uh, point Woodstock somewhere around five thousand dollars a month, and um, places like I think it was Oak Park was somewhere around eleven thousand dollars a month. Now Elgin's interesting in that, unlike Woodstock, we have two jewel stores. Um, we have a Meyer and a Walmart, um, and depending on how we slice and dice it, you could also factor in like a farm and fleet, um, and maybe some other retailers that I'm not even thinking about off the top of my head. So not only do you have a larger potential count of stores, but then also the volume of sales that you're doing within those stores. So I would hazard a guess that, you know, the Jewel Osco on Summit Street in Elgin is maybe doing a little bit more business than what's happening out in Woodstock. Um, so uh, wow. I think there's a, I think there's a, an argument to be made that our, our revenue, at least initially until you reduce it, which we also know through Oak Park's conversations way back in, I think it was 2018 um, or 19, that yeah, re- reduction is like drastic and almost immediate and upwards of like 80% in some cases. So um, yeah, I, it's hard to play that magical math game, but um, yeah, there's there's potentially several thousand dollars out there um, each month that could be generated at least while we correct behavior or change it. And I think I read something in the state proposed legislation that they would be sharing less money with local businesses, and so there's another incentive to mm-hmm. act locally and try to get grandfathered in. I think of the 10-cent fee that I saw being bantied around it was three cents that a local um, retailer can keep whereas if if we get grandfathered in and the council acts they can keep five cents per bag and while we might be thinking environment um, maybe businesses are thinking bottom line and dollars and that's right because they don't have to buy the plastic at least not as many plastic bags and so that's cost savings and if they're going to make back Five cents five versus cents three per cents. Bag yeah. For people who just won't bring yeah. in reusable bags. I mean, and that's a deal. Fewer overhead around, you know, extra inventory and management of all that, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. um, anyway. 
let me keep us going. Um, and so another idea we had on our list was uh, exempting some businesses. I mean, uh, maybe some businesses. Um, I think there was a number of different ideas of certain businesses, and I think some of them are already built into the ordinance and or businesses of certain revenue size. You know, so if they're under a certain revenue, we don't want to burden them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an idea that we came up with in I think that might have been your idea, Tish. I mean, that seems reasonable, right? I, I think it's reasonable. I think I was looking more towards the size of the business and the type of business. Yeah. Obviously, if it's a if it's a small mom and pop restaurant and you're doing carry out, you know, right. it, it wouldn't carry it wouldn't apply to carry out food. Got it. Um, nor would it probably apply to a small mom and pop business. Um, maybe like in downtown because they're right. not exceeding that 10,000 square feet um, space that sure. we're, you know, looking to do similar to what some of the other, other communities that we mentioned were targeting. So there you're, you're really, really just kind of talking about some of the big box stores. Right. Right. So maybe eight, 10, 15 stores in Elgin where this ordinance would really apply. And many of those big box stores are already doing it in other communities across the country because this has become a very popular sort of way to address this single-use plastic bag um, issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Let me lump together a few of these because there's a number of them that are related. And so there was let's direct the fee to public education or let's direct the fee to sustainability initiatives or let's direct the fee to – the Human Relations Commission. I'm going to cough here. You should cough. <coughs> I'm going to edit that out and take a drink of water. <coughs> oh, my God. It is not COVID, I swear. Woo! <coughs> <coughs> let me try that again. Um, let me try to speed this up, and I'm going to group together a few of these answers because they're very related. One was we came up with the idea of directing the plastic bag fee to like public education around um, implementing the fee and how people can not forget to, you know, bring their reusable bags with them from their car. And another idea was, well, let's direct the fee um, that we collect to other sustainability initiatives. I think I came up with a left field kind of answer for diversity, equity, and inclusion purposes, which is, well, hell, just give the fee to the Human Relations Commission and let them figure out how to balance the equity questions that some people have. Um, And then I think there was another one, which was, you know, hey, let's just direct the fee to the general fund. And that was one city council person who shall not be named, who does not want to see the Sustainability Commission get any of those fees. Um, and it, it's kind of what they are saying is contingent upon getting their vote. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about fees. Let's just open that up and talk about um, any of those ideas. Any thoughts, Tish, about um, how to use that fee and are there pros and cons? And is there a particular idea that you like really kind of gravitate towards and say, I kind of like that one? Oh, there are always pros and cons about designating revenue to a certain source. Um, I know some people like it. Some people frown upon it. Obviously you kind of found that out from doing your survey. Um, obviously the more you start designating, the less flexibility you have to use those 
use that funding in your overall budget to address whatever the needs are for the entire community. Or even, even if you want to target a certain area or a certain issue, maybe it's not, you know, where you've targeted that money for or, or earmark that money for. Right. So it's, 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 it's a catch 22. Sometimes I, I don't, you know, really have any real thoughts about where I'd like to see it go. I think, you know, some, there've been a whole lot of really good ideas thrown out uh, that we've talked about tonight, but I would also be really interested you know, and then that's why I asked, what does the revenue look like from the community right. that, that that we've looked at? I mean, if Woodstock is, you know, generating 5K a month and Oak Park is doing an 11K, I can only imagine what we would generate. And, excuse me, what that money could do potentially, I don't know, for a whole lot of different areas. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to designate all of it, maybe some of it. And okay. I, I think it's only, I think it's fair to allow, you know, to bring some of that back to the sustainability commission, but maybe not all of it. Cause that could, I mean, we could be talking over $150,000 a year. You know, I'm reminded that about 10 years ago, there was this huge push by the city to build a, a sustainability action plan. And they put together like eight different work groups. And you served on, I want to say, the waste management one. And I think you were on the I council, did. but you might not have been. I don't remember the timing. But you were one of those volunteers who stepped up and said, I want to serve because I want to live in a more sustainable Elgin. And I've got some expertise that I think I can bring to the table. Yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah, of course, of course. Um <laughs> And the, all those work groups, knit, um, they all came up with goals and strategies, and all those got knit together into this 100-page-plus sustainability action plan. And from that point, the council adopted it, and then they actually created, poof, the Sustainability Commission. And they handed the commission that 100-page plan, and they handed them about $80,000, I think, in a budget and said, go forth and do good. Make Elgin more sustainable. You have the ideas. You got the cash. Go forth. Go. <laughs> and then as the 10 years ticked by, riverboat river um, revenue started declining and cuts were starting to be made. And now the commission still has the 100-page plan, but they have like twenty, maybe maybe $24,000 to implement. And so I'm reminded with all these, what do we do with the fees? What do we do with the fees? What about the money? Um, that it's a great opportunity to kind of hit the reset button and go back to the original idea that really smart city council members and, you know, our mayor at the time, I think he's still our mayor at the time. God, how long has he been our mayor? <laughs> Good gravy. Woo. Since 2011 when I first got elected. Did okay. you say 1911? <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I was no, not so around in 1811. <laughs> no. Well, but you would have read about it in the history books, right? right? I mean, yeah, you know, and now we have a zombie mayor. I got it. There's a reason why Nightmare on, on Chicago Street happens every year. It's a celebration it of is. our mayor's heritage. <laughs> I'm oh getting in real goodness. trouble. It's getting really, really late. The edit um, <laughs> button is getting so much use. <laughs> uh, just a few more here, um, and then we, we will go to our exit question. But um, but, but to your, to, oh, to yeah. your point mm-hmm. in terms of the sustainability action plan and things that are probably still left out there that need to be done. 
but you know the sustainability commission doesn't have a big budget i say to that is that it's not up to the sustainability commission in my mind solely to implement everything in that plan hmm that is not their that the implementation of that plan is not solely on the sustainability commission to do i think it's uh the sustainability commission's uh role to help guide and monitor and you know make sure that our day-to-day operations our long-term strategic planning all align with our sustainability goals and plan so for those of you, which I know you, you know, avidly watch our meetings and, you know, <laughs> with bated breath. I am riveted you know, to the screen. You are, yes. For all yes. seven hours of them. Yes. <laughs> our meetings aren't that long. <laughs> you know, when, when certain things come up, um, you know, when we're talking about our parks maintenance and and we're buying pool chemicals or we're buying um chemicals for, you know, the the parks and, and what are we using chemical-wise in the parks and are there alternatives that we could and should be looking at? Um, definitely credit my colleague, uh, Councilwoman Rauschenberger, who is the liaison to the, to the um, Sustainability Commission. She has brought that up so many times that, lo and behold, staff actually is proactive now in addressing that um, in our memos and has said, hey, you know what? This is what we're doing. And, you know, to staff's credit, I think a lot of that stuff was already being done. It just wasn't really being talked about and being and promoted in terms of, hey, this whole park or this whole area in the park we reduced, you know, our pesticide usage or just eliminated it completely just as a test to see if anybody noticed and what it looked like. And if no one really complains about it, then we're just kind of going to expand it, you know, to a couple other different areas. So um, it's stuff like that that I think goes well and, and, and obviously is in line with our sustainability action plan because those are the big things. Those are, those are some of the major things I think that provide a, a positive impact in our communities. Okay. So, um, you know, so it's not just the sustainability commission. It's, it's, it's the cars we buy. It's the chemicals we're using. It's, you know, how we're looking at, you know, how are we, you know, our water system and, you know, I, I was listening to you interview Eric Weiss, our Yay! water director. <laughs> Eric Weiss, not Weiss. And, <laughs> uh, and talking about, you know, our lead service line replacement program yeah. and the millions of dollars of ARPA money that we uh, pushed into that program along with some, uh, some grants from uh, the state and federal level on, you know, getting rid of lead service lines because right. that's, that's a huge environmental issue. It is. It is. So, yeah, all of that stuff is, you know, I think we're definitely making some very positive progress in all of those areas, but there's, you know, there's always more that we can do. I I mean, I could get a worm bin again and 
kill those worms like I did last time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet. Still a little, yep, still a little traumatized from that, as you can tell. Uh-huh. I can imagine. <laughs> so let's just push a few more of these things together, and then Tia needs to get us to our exit question. Um, what about, like, exempting SNAP um, participants or WIC participants, you know, people who take advantage of um, some public assistance programs? Um and or maybe forgetting the fee and just trying to institute some sort of mandate around compostable bags can only be used in Elgin. Um, do you have anything that you want to say to those ideas? Um, I there there would be some interest. I'm, I, I guess I would be curious in terms of how um, we exempted for um, SNAP users, um, WIC users. I mean, obviously it's a point of purchase, you know, mm-hmm. thing. So, I, I mean, it probably wouldn't be really difficult to do. I guess I'd be curious, you know, what percentage of the sales are those sales and how would that impact what we're trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. That's probably a question that I would have. Um, the other question was about the compostable bags. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of a misnomer in some cases because, mm. you know, they a, a lot of these things that are labeled as compostable, right. you know, the compostable silverware or, well, plasticware or plates, um, they're not necessarily compostable in all of our programs here in Illinois that we use um, they're they're because they although they break down they don't break down as quickly and at the same rate as the leaves and the grass that they are being mixed with so you know you, you put them in the wind rows if you've ever been to a compost facility and you know all of that organic waste, breaks down pretty much the same, you know, at the same time. These allegedly compostable um, plastic um, ware or made of cornstarch, they still end up, you know, little chips and pieces of that because it doesn't break down at the same time Mm -hmm. or at the same rate. So, you either have to leave it out there longer, which costs more money, or you have to separate it and kind of compost that stuff separately, which again costs more money. But I haven't found a whole lot of places here that are doing those materials yet. It, it's a it's probably a bigger thing on the West Coast where. They're doing a lot of in what they call in vessel composting, where they're doing it inside, and it's a whole lot of heat and pressure applied to that material, and it breaks down really quickly. Um, but that's typically not what you're seeing out here in the Midwest. Okay. If we can go back to the very first one, which was about exempting SNAP and WIC and other folks who um, benefit or participate in public benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I was struck by this article I was reading the other day. Um, The city of Seattle was really, really, really worried about the impact that their plastic, their single-use plastic bag fee would have on um, a variety of different 
groups out there, including seniors and low-income folks and, and, and. And so they did a lot of questioning and surveying and whatnot. And what they found was surprising, and it shouldn't be surprising in my opinion, uh, but what they found was that 88% of folks who identified themselves as low-income um, supported the plastic bag fee because um, they understood that um, paying a few extra dollars more if they wanted to, because they can, they, they could avoid that fee if they want to with a plastic, uh, sure. a reusable plastic bag. But they understood that if they did pay a few extra dollars um, out of their pocket every month for whatever reason to use a single-use plastic bag, that there's other benefits that aren't being measured. And I was at first, I was blown away. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Look, eighty-eight percent of low-income people in Seattle said yes. Of course, we should do this fee." And then I kind of smacked myself and said, "You big." dummy, why do you think that lower income folks or senior citizens um, don't understand the benefits of um, getting rid of single use plastic bags and, you know, the microplastics that it contributes to um, being in our body and about, you know, the, um, um, the chemical process and the transportation process and the pollution that goes into our environment landfills. Course, and landfills and blowing up Absolutely. machinery. And so, um, um, you know, no, exempting I, I, them is yeah. great, but maybe not exempting them. I don't know. But um. no, I think you bring up a good point. And it's not a matter of thinking that, oh, this this segment of the population is not concerned about the environment. Exactly. I think that that is 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 not that's not the case. My concern and I'm sure a lot of other people's concern is just the economic impact that this potentially has on some of our most vulnerable populations during, you know, these very stressed economic times that we're in right now. Sure. I'm just, you know, a, l- a little sensitive to that. Yeah, no, no, I could, I could appreciate that. I can't imagine that being a city council member and making policy during tough times like this is easy. So, um, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, but, Exempting exempting people from SNAP um, and people who use WIC, um, you know, definitely an idea worth considering, I would think, right? Anything's possible. I know other communities or, have done it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, um, gosh, I'd have to go back and look at which cities specifically, but yes, there were, uh, I know Jeff has done the big matrix in the sky that compares. Jeff Biss, yeah, or as the, I call him, Professor Biss. All of the, the elements, Sustainability yeah. Commission. All the various elements that different uh, ordinances have addressed and how they all compare um, against each other, and or if they even address it, um, period. And I know that's in his big um, document that he's put together. Well, for a while, you know, just, it seems like everywhere you went or, you know, whatever conference you went to or event, someone was giving you one of those lovely reusable bags Mm -hmm. and they were giving it to you in different sizes. They were small, tiny ones, you know, for quick little jots to the grocery store. Some places gave you the great big ones, which I love and were very convenient for when I do my full grocery shopping. Hopefully I have a couple of those. So, you know, I think people have them and people use them, but if they know that there's a fee attached to uh, getting that plastic bag, I think it does certainly incentivize people 
using those reusable bags. Oh, yeah. I'm glad um, you said that because it, C and I have both seen studies done on the effectiveness of um, single-use plastic bag bans versus single-use plastic bag fees. And the fees ordinances just beat the daylights out of the bans um, yeah. in terms of effectiveness. Yeah. Um, I mean, the data is just indisputable. It's pretty amazing. And that's because now, when somebody I, I, has an economic incentive, that's when you get their attention, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. a, a question I have really quickly, how do you measure, and this is me with my waste management and recycling hat on, how do you measure diversion? How do how are the communities that are doing this, how are they measuring diversion? Um, yeah, from, from you know, in I've terms seen, of how it, that's yeah, very hard that work. And I know okay. Tia and I are trying to chase down an interview with some folks in Woodstock, and so we'll definitely ask that question. But from what I've read, and I'm I'm doing some inferring here, but from what I've read, it looks like the measurement is on how many plastic bags are being reported in the fee. And so mm-hmm. obviously they need to report to the city, oops, we collected this much money from the fee, and you're able to see the decreased usage of issuing the bags. And so that's that's the easy part to measure, and that's what a lot of municipalities are measuring. I think that made sense, but it's now past 11 o'clock at night, and so I could be bad. But how do you now. get your baseline? Yeah, but how do you get your baseline before oh. you implement the fee? Well, any retailer really would have any any retailer would have inventory levels for plastic bags going back forever and ever. Um, so I think you could be able to make some reasonable estimates around a baseline for here's how many we go through in a month. Um, aggregate against again hmm. all of those retailers, they've got close numbers on everything. Um, or you build it into the ordinance and say that we're going to implement, you know, we're going to vote on it now. We implement it down the road, and between this date and this date, we want you to report these numbers to us so we have a good baseline. And I, I'm, I I'm guess sure you could it, do that. Yeah, and I'm sure it varies month to month. You know, uh, what a November December shopping oh, spree looks like right. is going to be very different than March. Mm-hmm. But that that's right. what I see people measuring, Tish. I don't see them measuring like um, waste diversion, waste diversion, right? Cause downstream because you can track it upstream. You much can track better. it upstream. It's hard to track downstream. Uh, yeah. So, no, but we will sense. ask, we will ask that question of other municipalities as we get in touch with them and interview them. If there's other questions that, that you as an Elgin city council member want to get answered from other municipalities, please email those to us and we're happy to ask them and try to get them on the air in, in, in responding. I will definitely do that. Awesome. Much appreciated. All right. So we'd be remiss in our, in our duty as podcasters if we didn't try to pin you down at least a little bit before we let you go. So we absolutely respect that you're currently one of the Elgin city council members who is a definite maybe when it comes to the possibility of this ordinance. And so you have a lot to consider and weigh before casting a vote, hopefully in the next few months. Um, Again, this is all just conjecture at this point, but uh, if a policy like this is in front of you today or tonight or whatever day it is, um, are there any of the aforementioned ideas that we just talked about that would definitely move you from a maybe to a yes? And if so, which one would it be and why? Ooh, that's so hard. I know, um, because I'm we talk, we, I know, we, we talked about so much, and I am definitely a person, I really like to look at what's in front of me, because the devil's in the details. And, and I mean, when you're talking about policy, a lot of times 
it, it really is in the details. You know, when is it implemented? Who does it affect? What retailers are affected? Um, are you exempting certain people? So these are all things that we've talked about. So if, you know, if there was a magic wand and all of those things were in there some type of way, perhaps, you know, to satisfy some of my concerns, I, I would probably say yes. But like I said, I'm, you know, I really want to see it. I, I really want to see the details of, you know, how this thing is laid out because uh, I, I think that's really important. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I know that if I had a magic wand and could tap my own head and turn myself into a city council member, uh, the idea that I would really like, um, and it would just hands down, absolutely, you know, make me an, a total yes, it would be exempting SNAP and WIC people because, um, Tish does bring up a point about inflation and the economy and that kind of stuff. Um, that would be an over-the-top thing for me. Tia, do you have a, a favorite? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I agree with that. I was looking at some estimates around how much the average household, you know, would theoretically spend if if you, you know, changed none of that. Um, and I th- there were some est- – and again, these are just high-level estimates – Something like five dollars a month, maybe ten. I don't know. And so I think you know if you can mitigate some of that on because that that does add up. It impacts you know at the end of the day. So I I think yeah, if there's a way that you could eliminate that you know even reasonable fee um, from from folks who are going to be impacted, then I think that's the one that would move the needle for me. Okay. Well, Tish, we want to thank you very much for um, not putting on your pajamas and doing a pajama party with us, but letting us kind of theme this, um, you know, this extra interview um, as a pajama party podcast, um, because that was kind of fun. Um, I kind of sort of wanted to, I kind of wanted to have a, like a pillow fight. So I, I included this little sound drop that I wanted to share. It just seemed kind of appropriate, and I kind of like the idea of I, you know, visualizing in my mind smacking Tia with a pillow. I'm just I'm replaying getting, you know, getting an older sister pillow fights that I always lost. So uh-huh, uh-huh. re-traumatizing. But, but we appreciate you um, in all sincerity. Um, we appreciate you participating in what Tia and I have been kind of theming this um, exercise in democracy, right? Um, where we're able to kind of pick city council members' brains. Um, and to kind of get inside the policymaker's suit, right, and and see things through your eyes. Because I think that that's something that a lot of voters just don't see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And all they see is in the newspaper, oh, Tish voted that way, or, um, you know, John Stefan voted another way. And they they don't get to see what, they don't get to see how the sausage is made, <laughs> right? And I think that's so important. And that's the best. It is so important. And I'm I'm sorry I couldn't you know, be pinned down because, yeah, it's okay. you it's know, okay. but, but it, but it, but it really, it, it is how the sausage is made it really and is. It, it really is important and it does matter because those details matter. Those details affect different segments of our community more than others. Those details affect, um, you know, certain members of our business community. Um, you know, there are equity issues. There's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in that sausage. Um, and, you know, you you, you want to look and you got to taste the sausage before you decide, you know, hmm, 
do I really want to buy this whole package of sausage? Don't you wish you could do that sometime <laughs> in the store? Well, Costco I, actually, has samples. Can. That's all I'm saying. You, you can. Samples. I was going right, to say. Right. I was going to say you can do that. And they also the stores, they don't so. have plastic bags either. So maybe we found our perfect retailer. Didn't John Candy mm. once say that hot dogs are nothing more than lips and assholes? <laughs> Guess I like lips and assholes. <laughs> That's why I don't eat hot dogs. Uh, yeah. I know, I know. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> thank you for joining us for our late night PJ podcast party. Um, if we have additional questions on this issue or other sustainability issues, can we call you in the future? I would be honored thank to you participate. So All right. Well, thank right. you very much, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Good night, Tish. Good night, thank Tish. you. All Good right. night. Okay, Eric, I know that I'm going to regret this, but what were your takeaways from our interview with Tish? And please try to keep it succinct. Hmm. Succinct. You know, I don't know if I know how to spell that word, and I don't think I really know what that word means, but (laughs) fine. Fine, Tia. Succinct. Number one, Tish needs to see how success is measured before she can bring herself to vote for this ordinance. Two, Tish seems to care if the big national retail chains have signed off on this type of ordinance in other communities. Three, Tish doesn't seem to care if the big national retail chains like Walmart and Jewel and Meyer. Farm and Fleet and Meyer, um, she doesn't seem to care if they've signed off on this type of ordinance in other communities because she doesn't think that they, that gives us the right to just press forward and pass it anyway. She prefers public education and she prefers corporate engagement of those companies we just mentioned and others even if it takes another year or two or three or four or five. Okay, that's commentary on my part. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tish. And she doesn't seem to be phased by the fact that the state of Illinois is probably poised in the next 12 to 24 months in passing a statewide piece of legislation that's very similar, at which point, if the city doesn't have their own ordinance in place, they won't be grandfathered, doesn't phase her, and the city won't be able to collect any of those fees and put them towards other sustainability projects or whatever the council decides to put it towards. doesn't phase her. The money doesn't phase her. All she wants to do is the right thing. That's my third not-so-succinct takeaway. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number four, to get back on track, Tish is really concerned about low-income and fixed-income Elgin residents and how this ordinance might impact them. Mm-hmm. But, in fairness, it sounds like she might be open to tweaking the ordinance language so that it exempts people who depend on government assistance programs and keeps them from ever having to pay this fee assessment if they want the plastic bags because I could they could always bring in reusable bags. I'm sorry, that's a commentary. <laughs> Not succinct, Eric. Stop. Okay. Back on track. Succinct. Channel succinct. Number five. Tish is concerned about the issue becoming an election issue. She's afraid that single the single-use plastic bag fee proposed ordinance could become like a political volleyball, mm-hmm. very similar to how the storm water utility fee became a political football like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, in a different city council election cycle. And by the way, Tish happens to be on the ballot in this upcoming election. In that previous city council race, and I don't know if Tish was on the ballot, in all fairness, 10, 12 years ago. She might have been. I mean, Tish has been a city council member for a long, mm-hmm. long, long time. But I know that she remembers when John Priggy, a previous city council member, was running for council in that election cycle. And he brought down that city stormwater 
management utility fee ordinance. It was a proposed ordinance. And he did so by misrepresenting and twisting the issue and branding it during that political cycle as the rain tax. And Tish doesn't want that political football in her election. It was messy. It was messy. I can't blame her. Thank God John Priggy's not a council member anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, not so saint, and that was commentary. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. Okay, well, can you wrap it up? Fine. Do I get a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> no cookie for you. Cookies are for closers. So unless you're saying that you have a closing statement you'd like to make. Yes. Me like cookies. <laughs> Do better. So there, this is my closing statement then. We elect our friends and our neighbors, like Tish Powell and John Steffen and somebody named Good. Dustin. Dustin. I love you, Dustin. I love your beard, by the way. We elect our friends and neighbors to lead. Oh, I forgot Carol. Carol. Oh, Carol. There's so many people I like on that council. Succinct. Succinct. Damn it. Fine. We elect our friends. We elect our neighbors. We elect them to lead. Good boy. Yay. Chocolate chip or oatmeal? (laughs) What? Can't I get butterscotch chip cookies? Shut up. (laughs) No cookie for you anymore. Oh, no. I guess all that's left to say is thank you for listening to the Elgin Watchman podcast. And whatever you do when it comes to making Elgin a more sustainable community, please get involved, be engaged, and always keep watch. And we hope to see you on Tuesday, August 9th at 6 p.m. at the Center of Elgin Ballroom for this month's Sustainability Commission meeting. Be there or be square. Thank you for listening to the Elgin Watchman podcast. If you want more information about what you just heard on this episode, visit our website, elginwatchman.com. The Elgin Sustainability Commission meets the second Tuesday of every month. Check out our website for meeting details. Do you have an idea for a future podcast? We want to hear it. Drop us a line at info at elginwatchman.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>